Welcome, everyone, to the REST podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hi, Natalie. It's so good to be in studio at the villa here with you. I know. It's been a long time. You're back from Peru. Which I've seen a lot of the footage and I'm really excited to share it with all of our followers on Instagram and Facebook and I am too. Yeah. There's a lot of stories, but I think I always talk about single word focus when you're feeling confused, chaotic, or in a state of dis-ease. I encourage people to think about a single word that would focus and center them in order to reflect. And the word that comes to mind is jolting. It was a jolting experience. We saw almost a thousand patients in four days. Wow. And that's going to take a few episodes to unwrap because there's a lot of context for what we experienced to what's happening in America today. But it's a big conversation and we'll certainly have it. I want to invite Lily and also Riley who traveled with me. We took a team of three and it was incredible. And I'm so thankful to have Heidi here because Heidi, multiple times during that trip, your name came up. And if I could have picked one person other than Dr. Cowden to have on that trip with me, it would have been Heidi. Mm-hmm. She would have been perfect. I mean, she's she a would family have been nurse perfect. practitioner. Yeah. yeah. And just her level of the level of research you do, the integrity with which you work, how you think is so congruent with my whole rest model that I feel like I can't wait to go back with you. I certainly, they know who you are. How about Mm -hmm. that? I mentioned you a number of times. They know who you are. But this conversation is really important to me because it's Cancer Awareness Month, Natalie. Yes, it is. And we said we want to talk about cancer because cancer does not have to be a death sentence. Mm -hmm. But when we hear the word cancer, and Dr. Keneally, Dr. Learen Keneally often said, and it's not just her doctors often say, especially functional practitioners, when people hear the word cancer, they immediately see a coffin. Yeah. And that's not the case. So we want to continue to inspire, instruct, equip, and motivate people to understand, right, this disease. And we know that disease comes from states of dis-ease and chaos in our physiology and our anatomy, often our psychology, right? Yeah. And confusion. So at rest, we talk about the constitution of disease as having to do with the spirit world, that quantum field of energy that seems hard to nail down sometimes. Matters of the soul, the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience, the feelings of a person being in the center cavity of the chest and its consequence and expression in the brain that runs the body, right? So we always try to reinforce how we discuss everything in the context of those three constituents because there's fears of government that a person has to manage. But Heidi, I'm so happy you're here because I know you have done a lot, a lot of work with cancer patients and I know you've done a lot of research and studies. So Welcome, and thank you for being willing to have this discussion. Thanks for having me. I love having you. I I wish I could have you all the time. Cancer. What are the most practical things that we need to understand about cancer? And what can we do to prevent 
this tsunami of cancer that's overcoming not just us, but other nations as well. Mm-hmm. But I know you have numbers, you have some statistics for us. Yeah, and it, I would say the statistics surrounding cancer are a bit striking. And as you start to look at how are we doing with these statistics? I mean, we've been trying to cure cancer for decades. In some respects, there are new treatments available. We can detect cancer earlier. But we're reaching a point where one in two men and one in three women in America will likely have cancer. And that is quite a significant rise from where we were even 20 to 30 years ago. Yeah. And I think there's a lot that goes into why that is the case. And what I want people to really understand and what I've learned and what I found the most fascinating about working with cancer patients and helping people on their journey with cancer is identifying cancer as a failure of the immune system. So why did the immune system fail? If the immune system is supposed to protect us from something like a cancer cell, what were the combination of things that led to that breakdown of the immune system? And that's really what we want to identify is what were the causes? And that leads us to how can we go ahead and address each of those? Because it's never one. It's always a multitude of factors But if we know the causes and we can identify where the breakdowns are, we can then learn how to repair the immune system. I love that definition of cancer as failure of the immune system. Yeah. Detection and prevention. Those two things seem very manageable. Because if we know that cancer has to do with failure of the immune system, because we know that 100% of the people, if you have a pulse, you have cancer. So the question is, what's happening? What's the conversation going on within your body between the cancer cells and your immune system, right? So if what opens the gateway to cancer spreading like wildfire, what is the failure of the immune system? Tell us what's the easiest place to start. So when we start to look at the immune system, it's fascinating to me that when most people go to their doctor, they get annual blood work in a CBC, which will show them a white blood cell count and a red blood cell count. And if their white blood cell count is within normal range, they get told they have a good immune system. But that couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of people with cancer have normal labs, Mm. especially when you're just looking at a brief overview of lab work. But what we start to look at is what are all the factors involved in building the immune system? And then what do we have to look at to identify where those breaks occurred? And so what we want to do is start to look at all the things that make up a strong immune system, because it's not just can your bone marrow produce white blood cells. It's also, are your hormones well-balanced, your sex hormones, your thyroid, your insulin, and all the other hormones in the body? What is the overall toxic burden of the body? What kind of toxins are you holding on to, and what are you able to get rid of? Because as the toxic burden of the body builds over time, you have to be able to unload that bucket of toxins. And if your toxin bucket overflows, you're now bombarded with toxins that can start making cellular changes that the body can't repair. And if it's lost its ability to repair, that's when cancer cells start to grow. And so that toxic burden is very important. And that could be anything from heavy metals to chemicals, to EMFs, to mold, to glyphosate. There's so many things we're exposed to on a daily basis. 
also the microbiome. So that's the ecosystem within our intestinal tract that's made up of bacteria and viruses and parasites and fungus. And it should have a balance. And there should be a thriving ecosystem that actually creates all kinds of metabolites that make up our immune system. 70% or so of our immune system is made from the microbiome. So if our microbiome health in our gut is impaired, it's actually affecting a big portion of our immune system. Wow. That's really easy. That's something very easy that everyone listening can do something about the health of your gut. Mm -hmm. How can we detect if we do not have a healthy gut? What's an indicator of that? Well, there's a number of symptoms that you will probably experience if you don't have a good gut. (laughs) And that could range anywhere from diarrhea to constipation to bloating to heartburn to nausea to poor ability to break down food or indigestion. Mm -hmm. And if you have an array of those symptoms and your digestive system doesn't work properly, it will let you know. Isn't adult acne also like a symptom of not having a healthy gut? It's actually one of the best symptoms of gut imbalance. Mm -hmm. And as you start to clean up the gut environment, Mm -hmm. the skin improves. Yeah. Well, after being in the jungle for the time that we were. Week and a half or so. Yeah. And being exposed to every imaginable toxin, every toxin you can possibly imagine, let's just say that, within 24, 48 hours, to some extent, every single one of us was compromised and we knew it and we felt it. Our Mm -hmm. body was speaking to us. And I loved that because I thought, wow, that's amazing. I always tell people you need to listen to your body. It's speaking to you. Yeah. And it was an incredible thing to watch just stepping into that environment, the toxic load. Forget about the spiritual, the emotional, right? Mm -hmm. But the practical aspect of the microbes being compromised, the toxic burden increasing drastically with the first consumption of food, the first fork we put in our mouth. And also the lack of nutrients coming in. Exactly. And then the imbalance that can occur just with traveling. But it's not just foreign countries that have parasites. We have, Mm. all of us probably have parasites. Mm. They're hard to test for. They're hard to identify on lab work and stool tests. They make up a big part of our microbiome. Mm -hmm. And so that basic little infection, basic insult, or just a lifetime of poor nutrition can dramatically affect the microbiome. And for us sushi lovers, it's a big problem. <laughs> it is a problem. I mean, we eat ginger by the handfuls. Even just saying the word makes me crave it right now. But it's full of parasites. Mm-hmm. And it is increasing your toxic load. And you know what's interesting? Just speaking about it at the same time, my body's craving it, right? Literally, um, I should say my soul is craving it. <laughs> and you know what my body is saying? No, I instantly like got I can't a wave. Take that right I now. can't take that right now. Yeah. So even speaking the words, and I often talk about the energy. Thoughts have power, words have authority. Mm-hmm. When I just spoke that, even though I literally am craving it, I, I want it. How about that? I mm-hmm. want, I need. I deserve it. After this. <laughs> I want it, right? My body literally, and I just had this happen, like right now, even as we're speaking, got this wave of nausea that came over me. I just had to share it with everybody wow. because that's how our bodies speak. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. But those symptoms are such great clues. Yes. Right? It's like, wow, my bo- I'm, my 
my gut is telling me that I shouldn't be having something or that I need more of something. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, your gut bugs actually make you crave certain foods. Yes. So the more healthy food you eat and the more diverse of a good microbiome you create, you want healthy foods. Yes. The Mm -hmm. worse you eat all the processed foods and sugar and bad oils and, you know, conventionally raised meats and all those bad foods that are bad for our gut, those bugs, as they overgrow, they will make you crave more of those foods. Mm -hmm. Be careful what you're craving. Yeah. So pay attention to those cravings because they're probably telling you something. I actually have a great example of this right now because my fiance and I were both getting very clean on how we're eating, getting ready for the wedding and, you know, the whole thing. We figured out that he actually has an Mm -hmm. excess of candida in his stomach and that makes you crave sugars and carbohydrates and chocolate and ice cream. He has been dying for a solid week and a half just wanting like cake or a donut or, you know, just something like that and breads and stuff. And he's having to like diet himself a little bit because he knows that that's what's causing it. He knows that there's an excess of candida in his stomach and he needs it to go away. The only way to do that really, the best way is to starve it. Exactly. So, And it's interesting you bring up candida because both parasites and candida have very strong links with cancer. Yes, Yes, they do. Because of how they alter the microbiome, but also systemically, they also Mm. make you more acidic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They make you high in sugar Mm -hmm. uh, and crave sugar. And they also have a lot of toxic metabolites that they produce. And they create a very warm, inviting environment for cancer. Yeah, exactly. And confusion chaos and dis-ease causes those cells to live in a state of disease, illness, Mm -hmm. and slow death. And there is the anatomy of cancer and the consistency. By the way, why we can discuss so many contexts, so many subjects in the context of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease is because of what I learned about cancer. It made the discussion very simple. It wasn't a confusing way to bridge the emotional, spiritual constitution of disease states from trauma that we've been discussing quite a bit, eating disorders and all that. It wasn't a long bridge to discuss cancer. Yeah. And that's an interesting point because you can either feed cancer or starve cancer. You're not really in the middle. It's either one of those two extremes, but the same goes for our emotional and spiritual health. You can feed it or starve it depending on the inputs. That's right. What we feed it. And my favorite topic, the conscience bears witness. When you violate your conscience, you're in a state of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease. And if you continue to violate your conscience and disregard that barometer, it's an insult you commit against your very soul It has consequences in your body and disease states are in short order. So when we talk about the statistics about cancer in national context, it's very reasonable when you realize what's happened to the character and the conscience of a generation. It's compounded for sure since the beginning of time, very accessible since the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. We see the moral, spiritual relational. We see all the compromises we've made, right, as a nation. And the political discourse is easy for us because it's easy to judge and criticize. But those political systems emerge from what's happening in the conscience of us individually. 
how it manifests in our homes and the consequence that it has in our spheres of influence. And today, of course, specifically, we're talking about the physical manifestation of that confusion and chaos. And I know that's a mouthful, but coming from a third world country and seeing the disintegration of that and how it manifests in the poverty. Mm -hmm. Poverty is a spiritual condition. I think Mr. Greer said that from a microfinancing company, that poverty is a spiritual condition. I never fully understood it until I was in the jungle working like this and seeing thousand, a thousand people, two to three hundred people a day. I never fully understood it, but it makes sense now. And at the end of the day, what you just described, the physiology and the anatomy of what you just described is the consequence of that confusion, chaos, and disease manifesting physically in very accessible ways. Because when we're not well, we know it. Yeah. One thing that struck me about what you just said is the body can have a, a poverty mindset just like the mind can. Mm-hmm. And that. in a state Explain of that. health, yeah. we look at is the body impoverished? Is it nutrient deficient? Is it low on the crucial hormones that it needs to regulate? Does it have rampant inflammation? that's continuing to wear the body down and putting it in a catabolic state where it's just breaking down rather than building up. And those are all crucial to look at when you have someone with cancer. Wow, that is a great point you just made because we can talk about economics and politics, relationships, poverty of conscience. We can talk about that in the most practical ways. All those principles apply when you talk about the body being impoverished. And it will lead to states of disease. So when we're in that impoverished state, there's a lot we can do, right? Oh, completely. Because when you start looking at, okay, I will say cancer is a metabolic disease. Mm -hmm. You've probably heard that before. And what that essentially means is most cancers are not genetically driven. We might have the gene that codes for a particular cancer, but that doesn't mean you're going to get that kind of cancer. It just means that you have a higher likelihood or you're at risk for it. But how the body is nourished and the environment of the body and the metabolic health of the body will epigenetically create cancer or fight cancer. Mm -hmm. And so if you can start to identify and support, how do I build up a healthy immune system? You will give yourself the power to be able to fight off that cancer. And even in the midst of having cancer, you can rebuild and regain and fix all the deficits and remove the bad things, put the good things in, in terms of nutrients and getting rid of inflammation, getting rid of oxidative stress and replace it with all the nutrients that your body needs. What can we do when we're so not well, we can't get out of bed? The system has shut down so much. While you were speaking, Heidi, I thought, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. The consequence of taking authority and using our power to remind all of our constituents, the spirit, the soul, and the body who's in charge, is my will, not these disease states. But to take power and authority and to govern that, sometimes it takes something that you know, it's tough when we can't get out of bed because depression, because of anxiety. And these are massive, massive insults that are further debilitating the immune system. What would you say with the experience you have that 
is a thread of hope that we can give to those people listening to us today, or perhaps their husbands, their children, their friends, their parents, find themselves in a situation like this? It's a good question. And there's a lot of people out there that are suffering and feel hopeless. But I would encourage everyone to keep fighting and to reach down deep inside to find that that strength that you were born with and start searching for reasons to have hope and purpose and meaning. And when you have a higher purpose than just yourself in this moment, that can a lot of times propel you to find answers. And I will give people hope that there is always more to be done. There's always more to learn. There's always resources available. And if you haven't found them yet, just keep searching because there are a multitude of incredible cancer centers around the world, not just in America. And and resources like the ones we're trying to put out there and helping expand the conversation beyond what's conventional, right? And keep asking questions because when you're inquisitive and when something doesn't make sense and you keep questioning, why could this be or what can I do or what can I change or how can I influence a different response? That's giving you power. That's putting you back in the driver's seat. And I like seeing people in the driver's seat. You're not a victim. You have complete control to change your situation. And if you haven't found the answers, that doesn't mean they're not there. It just means keep looking, Mm -hmm. keep fighting, keep finding people to help you. And and start looking for people who think differently, people who ask better questions, people Mm -hmm. who are resourceful Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. solutions. And and they're out there. Never take... There's nothing you can do for an answer. That's a lie from the pit of hell. There's always something to do. And in the process, transformation takes place. Thank you so much. I want to ask before we close really quick, because we were talking about resources and we talked about how there's a lot of deficiencies that people experience in the body and those deficiencies can cause cancer. So I wanted to ask you as a resource, What are some supplements that people, just based off of general knowledge of the population, the major deficiencies that we're experiencing, what are some things uh, or supplements or vitamins that people can start incorporating into their daily routine, even just tomorrow? What are some of those things that maybe they can start doing, whether it's like magnesium or vitamin D or... Just basic things. Yeah, basic things. One of the biggest deficiencies across the board, especially Mm -hmm. in America, but worldwide is vitamin D. Mm. And vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's not a vitamin, even though we call it a vitamin. It's a hormone that has hundreds of interactions. It influences many, many, many genes in the body Mm -hmm. to turn on or off certain things. And so getting your vitamin D level optimized and I will tell you there's a lot of debate about what is an optimal vitamin D level, Mm -hmm. but definitely above 60. And for the sake of cancer, we typically will even try to get that vitamin D level to 80 or under 100 Yeah, because we want to optimize the innate immune system and be able to get vitamin D working in your favor. Mm -hmm. And it has so many protective effects against cancer, against inflammation, and against chronic illness. How about infusions? Oh, nutrient infusion? There's a a number of different nutrient infusions and alternative IV therapies that play a huge beneficial role for cancer, just addressing basic nutrient deficiencies. Pre-cancer as well. Magnesium, vitamin D. Zinc, vitamin A. Vitamin A. Iron. Yeah. There's so many basic nutrients, B vitamins, 
mm-hmm. B12 folate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are mineral deficient and they don't have enough trace minerals. But zinc, vitamin A, vitamin D, and magnesium mm-hmm. are probably across the board some of the most dramatic nutrient deficiencies that we see. And even three years into a pandemic, most people still don't know their vitamin D level. And one of the best things you could do is get your vitamin D level optimized to help you fight off infections and prevent infections. So what is an easy way to detect a vitamin D deficiency? A simple blood test will tell you what your vitamin D level is. Mm-hmm. And I encourage every single person on the planet to go and get their vitamin D level checked. If someone cannot afford to go take these extensive blood panels, I know there's resources where they can order blood panels and whatnot online. Mm-hmm. And even what if you don't have insurance and you're, you don't have, say, mm-hmm. a, a primary care doctor or anyone that can order blood work for you, there are a number of independent labs out there that you can go to direct labs is one of them there's a multitude of them out there but you can now order basic lab tests without needing a physician or provider order that's so nice you can go order it yourself go to a regular lab get it checked get the results within a few days what have you found about cancer in closing that you're most inspired by Wherever there's darkness, the darkness can never snuff out light. It's impossible. There's light and darkness. What is the one fact that you've observed that you wouldn't understand were it not for how much you've had to deal with cancer? I think what I've learned over and over and over again that I'm a continually astounded by is the fact that we were made in the image of God and we have innate healing ability. When the body's in a state of balance and when the immune system is operating as it should, the body can heal from nearly anything. And we have the ability to identify where those imbalances are and correct them. We've seen it. So I've seen stage four cancer Reverse. I've seen absolute miracles happen. And I've seen very, very, very sick, chronically sick people start to gain traction on their road to recovery. And it's been astounding. It's been so rewarding. And my I think the thing I've learned that makes the most impact and is the most compelling to me is that our bodies are meant to heal. And Mm -hmm. when we put them in the balance that they were created for, they will heal. It's not the therapy doing the healing. It's not the vitamin. It's not the IV therapy. It's not the cancer treatment. It's not the expensive therapeutic that was just approved. It's not the expensive drugs. It's not even surgery. It's when you put the body back into a state where it can heal, it will. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the challenge is just identifying what do we need to remove? What do we need to add? What do we need to supplement or support to make that balance the way we were created. And I would only add that that's impossible to do without bringing the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience, your feelings in alignment with how you were designed to operate. Mm -hmm. And then obviously it goes to the conversation of spirit. There's a vacuum within the heart of every man that longs after ultimately alignment with God. And those things have to be reconciled. And when we see those things reconciled, we do see miracles yeah. all the time. And when we see resistance, 
we see that our time in time fades. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, Heidi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. And if anyone wants to get in touch with Heidi, she is going to be having a website launched soon. So we'll be blasting about that because we want to support her and everything that she's doing. She's also an incredible family nurse practitioner, and we love her, and we know that you will too, and that she could definitely help you. And she works with people all over the country. Yes, she does. So she does a lot of Zoom work. So we're excited about continuing to collaborate with you, Heidi. I know we have so much fun working together. Yes. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Thank you. Thank you. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you would like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. <laughs>